What is up, everyone? Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hola. Whichever way you want to start. And say hi. This one might be a quick one. Um, I feel like it's very important to frame this election the way that I myself view it which is an exercise in civics. I think we are entering our first election in this country that is quite literally an exercise in American civics. And I'm sure a lot of you who are listening to this, if there's any of you listening to this, who are like, what is civics? It's like, it's our missing link today. You know, you don't get, you don't get taught civics in school anymore. I didn't, but I took government classes and I took um, certain history classes and um, certain political science classes that weren't really political. They were more based in civics, which looking back, I really appreciate having that experience because I feel like it's added to why I'm not as partisan as those who I see around me. I just have a fundamentally different understanding of government than someone who is afraid of government, who those who use the term deep state really are just projecting their own uncertainty and their own fears onto a term being served to them by somebody who's making money. So they then are afraid of the government and they then vote for extremist candidates who further push our government to a place that it isn't able to function. And I'm not sure how many Americans actually understand that that's why our government doesn't function, right? I mean, for the past three and a half years, we've had an entirely un-American administration. So I, I, I kind of want to put that in a nutshell because we can dissect and talk about just the Trump administration. But I don't really want to focus on that. I want to focus on people for a very long time have either had a certain belief about government that they didn't let go of or never got exposed to civics classes so they wouldn't understand what each layer of our government does. That we have different layers of government. <laughs> You know, there's a lot of people who don't even know that. And that's not really their fault. It's more their country's fault. You know, we have failed our citizens in that you shouldn't, you should not be leaving the 12th grade without an understanding of the basic tenets of the American government, right? I feel like that's a fundamental thing to say. Because if you know what the legislative branch is, if you know what the judicial branch is, if you know what the executive branch is, well, now you don't have so much uncertainty or fear about it. Now you can read about it and understand different elements about it without buying in to Fox News crap or Michael Moore crap, you know, and it's, that doesn't, that, that and I don't say that meaning that Michael Moore never speaks truth or that you'll never find a nugget of truth on Fox News. I don't mean that. I mean that good luck finding your nugget of truth on Fox News and good luck finding 
really what Michael Moore is getting at because Michael Moore dresses up reality in a in a much different costume than I would. Um, but again, he does that because it serves his own business interests. And I really don't have any business interests outside of art. Luckily, that field is not... I don't have to participate in politics. I mean, I don't have to run for government. I don't have to... You know, I'm an artist, so I get to speak freely about what I see with my eyes and hear with my ears. And luckily, I've had this education that has taught me, you know, really how our country operates, how our government works, how, you know, the different the differences between a municipality, a state, and a federal government, how those three operate, you know, why we're seeing ineffective law enforcement modifications, you know, and, and it's because of their unions. You know, it's really not even to do with the government. It's to do with uh, police unions, and we just have to, we have to have better conversations in this country, and that's honestly why I did this epi- uh, this podcast, because we're not even on a, on a baseline of understanding between each other. Two people enter a room, they bring with them their phone world and their bubble and their rabbit hole, and then it's just an explosion when they share what they believe. You know, we can have a debate about what we believe, but I would rather us have a baseline of facts that we understand, like that the world is round, the sky is blue, and Donald Trump is a corrupt fool who's truly warped our government. You know, that's what I think, I don't think most Americans see why they're anxious. They don't see why they're nervous. They don't see why they're angry. They don't see the, the true reason why. And really, the true reason why everyone is crazy right now is because our government has been hijacked. We have been at war with a our largest foreign adversary now for going on five years, six years and all they've done is kick our ass. They have kicked our ass. They have accomplished every single one of their geopolitical goals at the expense of us. And that's really what made me angry enough to start this podcast because we as Americans must understand more than we are. And we don't understand more than we are because it's not penetrating our bubble. All of us have our own bubble now with these phones and our choices. These facts are not penetrating those bubbles. And we have to be better at it as Americans because we're getting our asses kicked in the internet. We're getting our asses handed to us. Because really, these nations are watching us from the sky and they know how we operate, they know what we believe, they know how we think, and they really exploit it. And we don't do anything to stop it. We don't even talk about it happening. And it's happening every day. Every time you open an email that is politically targeted to you, it was targeted because of your previous clicks, searches, friends that you've added, interactions, They see all this from the sky. They see all this from the sky. Facebook, you know, there's so many documentaries now, thankfully, that kind of breaks this down for you, but you have to under, we as Americans have to understand more 
than we're consciously operating in now. Because we all have our bubble and we got to understand that that's that, right? That's a bubble. That's my own preferences. That's my own comfort. That's my own quote-unquote peace. But there's this whole thing called the real world out there. There's this whole thing called the United States of America. There's this whole thing called democracy. There's this whole thing called society that is completely different than our bubbles, right? And I don't even think that we've made that shift into realizing that, that we have to control the bubble. We cannot let the bubble overtake those things that I just mentioned, the, the country that you live in, the society that you're a part of, the family that you're a part of, your friends. You can't let the comfort bubble, the internet bubble, become bigger than life, right? And I'm seeing a lot of this, sadly. And it's scary because the country is really hurting because of this. Facebook is acting like an information binky to about half the country, I'd say, right? And these 70, 80 million Americans are voting. And it has a tremendously damaging effect on our democracy. We're electing hyper-partisan, borderline foreign agents to be in our Congress. It's terrifying. And the, the certain constituents in Florida and stuff, they're too old to penetrate the Facebook bubble to realize that all this shit that they see all day, every day on their phones and computer screens and in their email inbox and their text messages and their phone calls are all because they're being watched from above. And they're being sold on. And it's a very scary thing for free people. Because our government is composed of our decisions. And if our decisions are being manipulated by foreign governments, corporations, businesses, social media, other people, it's a big problem. And we are in a big problem in this country because of this. It's even worse in other countries. Right? If you live in Russia, you have to fight to get the actual news. Because the government does a tremendous job at blanketing the internet with fake narrative, fake everything. Right? You get they they are so sophisticated in Russia, Ukraine, uh just that part of the world, right? And then even more so in Asia. I mean, everywhere has hackers, but it's just about who is really targeting America, and it really comes from Russia. And it's so sophisticated that they not only have fake organizations, but they have fake people, they write fake articles, they, they comment with fake people, they create so many fake people, fake organizations, fake businesses, fake addresses, fake um, organizations... Black Lives Matter U.S. was an entirely fake Russian-created organization that had 500,000 American subscribers last election. That's a big problem. That's a massive problem. So Russia would go ahead and do that, right? Create a, a Black Lives Matter USA. And you can Google this. This is a Russian disinformation campaign. 
and it had 500,000 American subscribers. They do that, and then on the other side, they create a neo-Nazi group, right? They, they, they congregate them as much as they can, they fill them up with people as much as they can, and then they'll send out event, they start events juxtaposed to each other just to start shit in this country. And it works. <laughs> it works. You know, if you start a fake Blake, if you start a fake Black Lives Matter group and you create an event for a Sunday afternoon and you do the exact same thing to a neo-Nazi group and you put the addresses across the street from one another and Americans show up with on one side Nazi flags and another side peace signs, you're going to have conflict. And we've been watching this on our television sets for five years now. And I'm not saying all the conflict we see on our televisions is, is foreign orchestrated, but a lot of it is. A lot of it is orchestrated by foreign actors, bad actors. Um, protests for justice is just, but... Foreign bad actors will use that opportunity to, to send out information to, to counter groups and tell them to go to a particular place. And nowadays, it happens. It's, this isn't far-fetched. This is documented. And it's, we don't even talk about it in this country, really. And it's a big problem. Because really, we have issues in this country. We have massive issues in this country. And they're all made worse by this exploitation of the internet, by foreign bad actors and even domestic bad actors and foreign governments and corporations and businesses. And I mean, it's gotten so out of hand that I am a big proponent of the governments getting in and cleaning up the internet. We need laws on the internet just like we need laws in the real world because it's gotten insane. And this election, everything is out in the open now, right? All the foreign disinformation campaigns that Russia orchestrated in 2016 against Hillary Clinton was done covertly. We didn't really know about it. You heard nuggets about it. It would drip out. Hillary's campaign manager came out and told us that Russia was doing this, but no, n none of us listened to him for whatever reason. Now, in 2020, listen to the President of the United States. Listen to the things he's saying. Read his Twitter account. And then flip on RT News in Russia and listen to what they're reporting. It's the same shit. Maybe I'll do another episode and create an argument about why he is a Russian agent, but I firmly believe that our president, sadly, terrifyingly, depressingly, is an asset of the Russian Federation because it's the only explanation that makes sense. And it's a very weighty thing to say. It weighs a lot. But it's just, it's the only thing that makes sense. And now he's campaigning as an active Russian agent. It's unbelievable to witness.
to see these things, to hear them with my ears, to see these scenes with my eyes. I'm not even 30 yet, and I cannot believe what I am seeing. I cannot believe what is going on in the United States of America. I truly, I truly, truly cannot believe it. Because a, a big part of our existence is the protection of it. And we're in a generation now, in a time now, with the internet, and everybody's so individualistic that the security of it is just being thrown away in favor of the passions of all of us. And that's what's really scary, to be living in as an American. Because we must protect America before America can ever be protected. And if we don't give a shit, if we just act like all that matters is what I want and what I can I what can I get out of life or this country or my or my day to day, if that's all our objective is, then no wonder why the country's burning. It cannot be our objective. Our objective has to be progress and making sure our children have a better life than we do. Not getting retribution for a wrong. That's something small. That's not, that is individualistic. That's not what a nation like ours should be focused on. Why is this election a lesson in civics, an exercise in American civics? We have three forms of government in this country. We have the executive branch, which is unfortunately occupied by a foreign agent. We have the legislative branch, which has been neutered by that foreign agent. And then we have the judicial branch, which is currently being corrupted by that foreign agent. None of these three things are operating in the way that they've ever have in the 244 years of our nation, nor operating in the way that they were designed to. How? I'll give you an example. The Department of Justice is an independent arm of the executive branch. It does not operate at the behest of the president. It operates on the behalf of the American people. Trump's first Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, operated in this way. That's why he recused himself from the biggest investigation in American history. Once Donald Trump got Bill Barr in as the Attorney General, and I was stupid enough to buy the bait too, I thought, okay, here's a career DOJ official. There's no way he can corrupt himself to be like Trump. What happened? He took all his orders. Sessions purposefully stood on his two feet and said no because he was maintaining the independence of that branch. What did Bill Barr do? He just accepted every single thing that Donald Trump has told him to do. Because Bill Barr comes from the Dick Cheney world understanding of American, of the American presidency, right? Dick Cheney, if you've ever seen the movie Vice, it spells out how Dick Cheney views the American presidency, which is, I believe, a fundamentally un-American view of the American presidency. I think 
if we could dig up Washington, he would agree with us that the American presidency is really a steward of our nation. It is not this powerful... I mean, it's powerful in the essence of its office, but it's not there to be a strong man. That's not what the presidency is in existence to do. Washington went above and beyond to nurture and cradle the beginning of this nation. It hasn't been easy since the very beginning, which is why we've put men of high, high, high honor and class and earnestness and trust in that office. A lot of people are exhausted by the candidates who run for president because they're the same all the time, but they're the same all the time because of the importance of the office. Right? Trump was so appetizing to people because it was so different, right? And there was all kinds of excuses being said, like, oh, he'll have all kinds of people around him to prevent him from doing something stupid. Well, right now, as you go to vote, understand that all those people around him have either quit or been fired, mostly quit, because you can't work for Mussolini in this country. Everything to do with you disagrees with a strong man as president. And as we went on, that's why Tillerson left, Mattis left, Kelly left, Meadows left. Everybody left. All of his chief, he's gone through four chiefs of staff. One for every year he's been in the office. It's been insane. I've never seen a dumpster fire so bad in my entire life. In any level of government. Not even like a mayor. And this is the federal, this is the top of the federal government. Which is why the entire country is crumbling. Because you cannot have an inept fool as the chief executive because the foolishness drips down. And that's why you see the attorney general doing fundamentally insane things. He's labeling cities as anarchist jurisdictions just to paint a positive picture for a campaign. I mean, it's insane. This is not how justice has ever been used in this country. We've had... We've had Hoover, and he was brutal. But Hoover operated differently than Barr. Barr is Richard Nixon's J. Edgar Hoover. Like, Barr will make Hoover look like a pristine schoolgirl. Bill Barr is corrupting the very essence, the very existence of the Department of Justice. I'll give you an example of how insane Bill Barr is, right? And mind you, this is only because he just says yes to Trump, right? Sessions said no. Sessions knew the line, right? Michael Flynn admitted twice and pleaded guilty to working with Russia, right? At the very end of the prosecution, as the sentencing was happening, Trump asked Barr to drop the charges for his pal. Barr asked the federal judge to drop the charges. And the federal judge said, what the fuck are you on? He's already pleaded guilty twice. This federal judge, Andrew Sullivan, is extraordinary because he called the government out on its bullshit. 
You know, the government, you know, America, people have big opinions about the government of America. And I get it because we're a big dog. We're an easy target um, to be a villain. But we've never operated in the way that we have under Donald J. Trump. We have never operated this way. The Department of Justice is not the president's lawyers. That's not why the Department of Justice exists. The Department of Justice exists to maintain justice for the people. And the president has corrupted that process. He has corrupted the officer of the law. Bill Barr is not an attorney general. He is a henchman. He acts as an interior secretary to President Putin, a la President Trump. That's what Americans must understand about the way that Donald Trump is using the American government. We don't have interior ministers in this country. We don't squash protest in this country. We don't sign laws ourselves in this country. We don't put judges on lifetime court appointments a week before an election in this country. That's not what we do in this country. That's what every other country does. I don't want to live in every other country. I want to live in my home. And my home is being corrupted and destroyed by the President of the United States. And I don't even want to go into many more examples, even though there's literally, sadly, hundreds of more examples of the American government being contorted and misused by the President. You know, it's... It's been happening every single day of our lives since the first day he's been in there. What Putin did when he first became president, and the first thing he did was um, block out the media, you know, criminalize the media. That's what Putin did. That's what dictators do. The first thing they do is try to discredit the media, because what is the media's job? The media is there to hold them accountable, right? They go crazy sometimes, they get it wrong, because we're humans and we make mistakes. But those who call themselves journalists are very important in this world. Actual journalists. Make sure you pay attention to who is an opinion contributor and who is a journalist. Fox News employs one journalist. Maybe two. Chris Wallace and Neil Cavuto. That's it. You have an entire network, America's most watched quote-unquote news network with what? 70, 80 million eyeballs on it. With 24 hours of programming. And two of those hours have actual information. So let's kind of talk about, you know, it kind of complements Putin's, you know, really... If you're in a, if if you're confused about this, if you don't believe me, just do research on what Putin did when he first became president of Russia. He criminalized journalism. What did Donald Trump do? His first weeks in office. He called the media the enemy of the people. 
Are we sure the people covering the president is the enemy, or is the Russian asset the enemy? Right. Why was fake news created? It piggybacks off what I just said. Fake news originated in Russia. Because if there, if somebody wrote an article that highlights how corrupt Putin is, there's going to be 70,000 articles written to counter that narrative. And there's going to be fake commenters on each of those articles. And they each come from, came from a fake quote-unquote news organization. And that's what happens in Russia. Right? What happened here? The minute we had a Russian asset president, he started to call every critical piece of reporting fake news. And he does that to deflect responsibility, right? I mean, shit. I'm sure Washington wish he did this. I'm sure Obama wish he did this. Clinton, Bush, any president wish he did this. Anything that comes out that is bad, you just say, oh, it's fake. And the sad part? Americans believe him. That's the sad part. The sad part is there are, you know, how many millions of subscribers on his Twitter? They all believe him. That's why the country's crazy. Because we're listening to a propagandist. We're listening to a foreign asset. We believe one man over our several intelligence services. We believe one man over our law enforcement agencies. We believe one man over every single newspaper in the country. We believe one man over... I mean, how many hundreds of experts and people in expositions of power who've come out and have warned us? People who've worked in that administration have come out and wrote books and been on television and gone on social media to spread awareness to Americans because Americans are not paying attention. Americans have their head in sand. It's why I'm so scared. It's why I'm doing this. Because there are all kinds of conspiracy theories going around, but there's one massive conspiracy that we all find ourselves in the middle of. And it's the sitting president of the United States and who he is in debt to, and who is controlling him, and who is telling him what to do. That's why our government has been used against us for the first time in our history. That's why we all must vote against this man. That's why this election is an exercise in American civics. Because the executive branch is so off the rails right now that it's pushing the entire system off the rails. And even worse, depending on what color of skin you have in this country, it's being used against you. That's the gravity of the threat we are all dealing with right now. And that's why we all have to vote against every Republican on our ballot. It's an exercise in American civics because civics is above party. Civics and country is above party. 
there is one party in this country who thinks that they are more important than the country and civics. And the first Tuesday of November, we get to show up to the polls and teach them a lesson.